Hello everyone. Falcha, welcome to the Incomparable History of Ireland podcast. This show is to share the richness of this ancient island. It's Misha Lauren. I am Lauren, your host on this journey through the stories of this Emerald Isle. I represent the Clan Nagel of Delaware, an Irish society for the education of Irish language, history, and culture. We're finishing the Fenian cycle with two stories, and then we're going to move on to the King cycle, the last cycle of Irish mythology, and we'll talk about Nile of the Nine Hostages. Kulta McRone was a thin, gray-haired man, but he was the best runner of all the Fenia. Once the king in Ireland had asked all the fastest men in the land which, of the, which one of them would be able to fetch him sand from every beach in Ireland the quickest, and each gave him an answer, days, weeks, months. But when he got to Kulta, he only smiled and held out a bag. I got it, he said while you were talking. Now at this time, You'll remember from earlier stories, the Fenia had stirred up some rebellion with the people of Ireland, and they were at odds with the High King and Terra. He had no intentions of starting a fight with the Fenia, so he asked Finn McCool to come peacefully as his hostage until the trouble had blown over, and Finn agreed. Kulta was not present when this bargain was made. When he heard that his leader and his friend was being held hostage, he was furious and he set out to avenge Spin. He went on to, to a rampage of destruction, going through every door that the red east wind blew and destroying all before him, setting fires to fields and giving one man's life to another. At last he had come to Tara to get himself in qu- inside quietly. He took the clothes off the doorkeeper and he snuck into the king's hall and took the king's sword right out from his sheath, replacing it with his own, which was thin as a blade of grass after all the fighting he had done with it. Still disguised as a servant, he stood behind the king's feast holding a candle. Now the king was jumpy after hearing these rumors of Kulta's rampage, and he thought he spotted Kulta in the shadows. But Finn dismissed this. Kulta has a high mind, he said, and he wouldn't go creeping around Terra with a candle. He only does high deeds. The king was at ease after that, till Kulta handed him a glass of wine. There's a smell of Kilta's skin on this glass, the king said, and at that, Kilta knew he was discovered, and he spoke out. Tell me what I need to do to get freedom for Finn McCool, he said. The high king thought about this. It wasn't that he wanted Finn McCool as a hostage. If nothing else, this business of overlooking his shoulder in the case there was an enraged man or Fenia coming for him was wrecking havoc on his nerves. It was time he wanted, so he wanted to give him a task that would take some time. Time for the rebellion to die down. So he decided to set Kilta on a task that would surely take him some time to achieve. I have in mind, said the High King to see every creature in Ireland all together at once, a pair of each. Right, said Kilta, and away he went. 
He searched through all of Ireland, hunting down birds and beasts, wild and tame. The creatures were all startled, but Kilta herded them and drove them on before them so fast that they hadn't time to fight amongst themselves. All the same, the deer did not like being so close to the wolves, nor the blackbirds to the foxes, so it was a terrible time he had bringing them all together in one place and drive them. He almost had it when a raven broke south and a wild duck broke north. He had to run them both down and bring them back by their necks before anything else could escape. At last he brought them all before the gates of Terra, as the evening was closing in, and he shouted up the wall to send a message to the king. The king thought to himself, this is far too soon. So he had his men tell Kulta to wait till morning. He wanted to see all the animals together in the daylight. He had them direct Kulta to a particular house to keep the creatures in that night. It was a house with nine doors. No sooner had Kulta driven all the animals and birds inside than they left out a dreadful screech, and every one of them did all they could to escape. There was no rest for Kulta that night. He had to run from door to door all around the house, flinging back birds and beasts, all desperate trying to get away from him and each other. At last the sun rose. Kulta brought all the creatures before the high king of Terra, and such a noise they were making, the people called them Kulta's rabble. As he looked over and out at the creatures, the high king thought to himself that this hadn't been a bad plan at all. He had bought another bit of time with Finn McCool as his hostage, and after all, this was fairly a magnificent gift. What king in the world wouldn't want a gathering of all the wild creatures in his land brought to him as a tribute? So he let Finn McCool go, and the second Kilta stopped hurting the circling animals. They bolted off in all directions, fleeing from Terra, no two by the same road. So all the prophet of the high king had then at once been just a glance for him. And so is the story of Kilta's rabble. Now, on to our last story of the Fenian cycle. At one time, the Fenia were called to defend Ireland's shores from the invading king, Lachlan. They won the battle, and their leader, Finn McCool, killed the king of Lachlan and his sons, breaking the will of the invading army. Finn spared the youngest son, Miaduk, who was just a boy, and brought him back to his home as a hostage for fostering. This was often done in uh, this period of time, fostering children from other enemies. Finn treated all his fosterings well and held no grudges against Miaduk for his father's enmity. The same could not be said for Miaduk. He took all of Finn's generosity with a smile, but nursed a secret hatred all through the years. When he came of age, Finn gave Miaduk lands on the coast, and Miaduk left without a backward glance. Sometime later, the Fenia were hunting, and Finn and a few of his companions followed the tracks of a giant boar and were separated from the main part of the Fenia, and there on the road, who did they meet but Miaduk? Finn greeted him warmly, 
and Mia Duck seemed delightful to see them. He invited Finn and his friends to come with him to the hostel of the Quicken Trees for a drink. Conan Mole McMorn, who was known for his blunt speech at the time, and his bald head pro- protested that Mia Duck had never been so friendly to Finn before, so perhaps they shouldn't trust him. But Finn reprimanded him for his bad manners. All the same, just to be on the safe side, Finn split up his company. Taking Conan Mall and his brother Gall with him to the hostel, he told his own son, Oshin, to wait with the rest of the hunt, along with Dermot, Kyulta, and three young warriors, Fodia, Kyulta's son, Fionuk, and Fionuk's foster brother, Insha, to wait until the hunt, while he went with Gol McMorn and the brother, Mall, to share his drink with Miaduk. Miaduk led them to a lovely hostel, with quicken trees all around. They could see the walls of every color and coverings on the floor and the fire giving off a sweet smoke through many of the windows and doors. Mia Duck ushered them in ahead of him, and the warriors were so busy admiring their surroundings and settling in that it took them a moment to realize he hadn't followed them in at all. He was nowhere to be seen. Gull spoke up. Finn, wasn't there a window here just a moment ago? And Finn agreed there was. Then why is it only bare planks that I see now? And weren't there rich tapestries on those walls a moment ago? And they're bare now. And wasn't there a fire in that grate that's cold now? And furthermore, weren't we sitting on a grand, fine couch a moment ago? When there's bare dirt under us now, said Conan Maul. In fact, all the loveliness on the hostel had vanished, and now it was a mean, bare hut with no windows and only one door and a dirt floor underneath them. At this, the warriors realized something unscrupulous was afoot. Each one tried to leap to their feet, but found that they were stuck fast to the cold earth floor. The more they struggled, the faster they were stuck till soon only Finn had so much as a hand free. Conan Maul said to curse Miaduk and curse Finn for accepting this invitation for this treacherous place. There's little use in you carrying on like that, said Finn. Oshin and the others are only a little way off. We'll sound the door of Finia, remember his um, horn, and they'll come running and help us. And get themselves stuck as well, snarred Conan Maul. That was a fair point. So Finn put his thumb between his teeth and into his mouth that he burnt long ago on the salmon of knowledge, and he could straight away see the treacherous plan of Miaduk. It's worse than we thought, said Finn. Worse, cried Conan Maul. How could it be worse? Miaduk has brought over the armies of the king's torrents to destroy us. This enchantment, that's on us, is wrought by that king, and only his blood can wash it away. But there are armies on the plains over the river, and they'll be here before long to kill us. And there's little we can do to stop them. 
when we're fixed to the floor like this. The three men then sounded the Dorophenia, the great battle cry of the Phenia, but only Fanak and Incha heard and they came running. Don't come in, Conan Maul cried, and Finn and Gull told them all what happened. The two young warriors took it upon themselves to find the army of the king of the torrents. At the bottom of the hill, they found a ford that anyone coming to the hostel of the quickened trees would have to cross, and they decided there and then that they would make their stand there. That night, one chieftain under the command of King Torrance decided that he would take his part of the army on ahead and kill the famous Finn McCool himself and win all the glory. But when he got to the ford, Fiekna and Insha were waiting for him. They fought long and hard, and when dawn broke, the ford was choked with bodies of the dead. But Insha, too, had died of his terrible wounds. Fiekna had to tell Finn, and Finn wept for Insha, for he had been another of his foster sons. The brother of the chieftain that had hoped to steal the glory came next to the ford and found Fiekna waiting, desperately tired, but grim with purpose. They were too frightened to attack the young man who had clearly laid waste to all the chieftain's followers, but then Miaduk came and challenged Fiekna to combat. Now Oshin and the others heard nothing of all of this, so when they came to find Fiekna and Insha, they were they had a terrible shock. Oshin and Kulta, being the fastest runners, went straight away to find the rest of the Fenia, leaving Dermot and Folda to follow the sounds of the battle till they came upon Fiekna fighting Miaduk. Dermot waded in and killed Miaduk, but Fiekna did not long survive his wounds. Fudla held the ford with Dermid, brought Miaduk's head back to the hostel to show Finn that the two young warriors had been avenged and promised to hold the fort till the rest of the Fenia could come. As soon as Dermid came back to the ford, Fudla fell into an exhausted sleep. Even that brief amount of time was too much for an ordinary warrior of the Fenia. But Dermed was no ordinary hero. He held the ford against all the armies of King Torrent's sons, and as soon as Fudla woke up, the two of them were able to work together to drive the armies back. They hunted down the three sons of the King of Torrent and cut off their heads. Leaving Fudla to hold the lines at the ford once more, Dermed rushed to the hostel of quickened trees, with blood running out of the heads of all uh, all the sons and king while he was running. He went first to Finn, and he had to bathe him in the blood before he was able to pull himself up off the floor. Then he went to Gol McMorna and poured the blood all over him, and at last to Conan Maul. But by that time, almost all the blood had run out. He was able to get Conan's arms and legs unstuck, but his back stayed firmly tethered to the floor. Now Conan was not known for his fine manners and the best of times, but this was too much altogether. He was never overly fond of Dermot in the first place, judging him far too good-looking to 
be a proper warrior. And he roared abuse at him. You wouldn't leave me to last if I was a pretty woman, you useless pretty boy. Finn and Gull staggered to their feet. The enchantment had taken the strength out of them. But what was to be done with Conan Maul? He was still stuck to the ground, waving his arms and legs in the air like a beetle on the ground in his, on its back. If you can't break the spell, cried Conan, get me up anyway. They grabbed hold of his arms and his legs and pulled. Finn and Gull had been struck by the same enchantment, so they knew how fast it had held. Conan should have been in agony, but he only roared at them to pull harder and braced with his legs against the floor of the hostel. And he pulled harder, harder. The terrible tearing sound. Conan Maul was pulled up to his feet, but he had left the skin on his back behind. Bleeding terribly, they realized they would have to do something to help him. Fence, uh, Finn sent Dermot back down to the ford as there were still an army on the other side and he could see the king of the world had arrived with his armies to help the king of Torrance. They were still in terrible danger. Finn and Gull were too weak from the enchantment to fight and Conan would bleed to death if they didn't find a way to help him fast. Then Finn saw a black sheep grazing nearby. He felt about a matchup for the sheep, and at that moment, he killed the sheep and took the skin off its back and put it over the wounds of Conan Maul. There must have been some magic of adhesive still left on Conan's back, because the skin of the sheep stuck fast to him, and before long, it grew in place of his old skin, as good as new, and warmer in the winter. <laughs> By this time, Oshin had found the rest of the Fenia, and as dawn broke, Finn, Gull, and Conan had their strength coming back to them. They raced down the hill to the ford, and the whole Fenia together made such a slaughter of the army of the king of the world, and there were few survivors left to tell the tale. But every year after that, in the springtime, someone in the Fenia had to shear the wool off a of Conan Mole's back. That ends our... Fenian cycle. I hope you enjoyed these stories. We'll be moving on to the King cycle and Nihil of the Nine Hostages and how DNA testing has shown that he has many, many, many relatives in the world today. Goramahagat. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Incomparable History of Ireland. Please leave a review so that I can get better and better at providing these for you. And also, you can visit my Facebook page. Slana Give. Goodbye, everyone. Godi on Haid Ur Ella. Until next time. <laughs>